Tonight, uh, we're going to begin our Thursday night ministry series uh, concerning uh, primarily the book of Genesis. Uh, we have been covering this book in quite uh, minute detail for the last year. So those of you guys who are just joining us as new freshmen, welcome. We're very glad you're with us. And so we ha- hope to tonight just do a very basic and general overview of the book of Genesis. Uh, Many people have a lot of concepts and ideas about what the book of Genesis is about, but I think tonight we will present a very basic, basic, excellent view of what this book covers, okay? So... There's a lot of things you could say about Genesis, but we're going to sum it up. And my sharing tonight is going to be quite short by design. uh, But we want you to pick up the four major points in the overview of the book of Genesis. Okay, so we're going to keep it very short. uh, And we'll do some interactive time tonight. But I really want you to get these four basic points. Excuse me. Of course, with Genesis, there's a lot of details you could talk about, but we want to take the overview and fly over the whole book and see what this book is talking about tonight. So, we'll just read the subject together. You see it listed there at the top of the outline? Ready? Go. So it's just four basic points that sum up the entire book of Genesis. Of course, Genesis is a seedbed. In the book of Genesis are all the divine seeds in the entire Bible. And these seeds throughout the Bible, they eventually grow up and are harvested in the book of Revelation. It's quite interesting. Uh, If you look at Revelation, the last two chapters, and you look at the first two chapters of Genesis, Genesis, you realize these are bookends. In Genesis, in the first two chapters, you see the tree of life. And in the last two chapters of Revelation, you also see what? In Genesis, in the first chapters, you see a river. And in the last two chapters, you also see a very significant river. Then also in Genesis, you see many precious stones. But those stones in Genesis lie in the riverbed. But in Revelation, in the last two chapters, what do those stones look like there? They're built up as a city. So it's quite interesting. And then finally, in Genesis 1 and 2, there is a couple. Very significant. Adam and Eve, of course. And then finally, in the last two chapters of Genesis, there is what? The spirit and the bride. There's a universal couple. So it's quite interesting. So between these two bookends, you have seeds in the very beginning book, Genesis, which means the beginning. And they grow and develop until there's a harvest in the book of Revelation. But tonight, we just want to look at Genesis by itself. And as we read, see the four basic points here in this book. Uh, So, I just want to right now emphasize again these four points. I'm going to say the first word and you say the second word. So, ready? Uh, God... Satan, man, Jehovah, that's good. So, I hope you get this in your thinking. Uh, Are you sharp enough to say it now without looking? 
Ready? Go. God created, Satan corrupted, man fell, Jehovah promised to save. If you can remember those, then you have the book of Genesis in your hand and you can keep it. And you can also give it and present it. In a minute, I'm going to get you to practice with your neighbor speaking these points to your neighbor. So be ready, okay? Okay, in the beginning here, God created uh, this beginning here uh, is God uh, creating things. And our God is a God who calls things not being as being. His speaking and his word brings things into being. Actually, this beginning here is not the beginning in eternity past, as mentioned in John 1.1, and we don't have time to get into that. But this is the beginning in time in which God spoke, and his speaking basically framed the universe. It brought in the whole being of the universe. So, he created here, and this creation was bringing something out of nothing. Okay? So... This is the very first verse, and this is the beginning of Genesis, and this is very significant. God created, okay? Then, something happened, though, in Roman numeral 2. Let's say Roman numeral 2 together. Ready? Go. And let's read Genesis 3, 1. Go. Why is this verse showing us the corruption of Satan? Yes, it is. There is a question mark that gets brought in that you should underline. Did God really say? Did God really say? That question was the injection of the beginning of the corruption. Satan's lie is to always cause us to doubt two things. Number one, to doubt God's word. And number two, to doubt God's heart of love towards us. So the enemy always wants to bring in a question mark to cause us to wonder, is God's word really true? Did God tell me the truth? And listen, today on this campus... You are about to enter into another semester, those of you who are coming back, those who are new, you're embarking upon a wild ride of many, many questions coming at you. And many of those questions will come at you to subvert your faith. Some may say in different forms, did God really say? Did God say? Questioning. The authority of God and questioning the heart of God. So this is the beginning of Satan's corruption. And it's right here in Genesis and his speaking to this woman. And when she received this thought, she began to question, question God. And as a result... Uh, And we don't have time to get in the details, but corruption came in. This insidious question 
which was against God and His authority and even His love, brought in corruption. Okay, moving on quickly. As a result of this corruption, guess what happened? Man fell. Let's read the next verse, Genesis 3, 6. Ready? Go. It's also an interesting verse to talk about the fall of man. But something happened significant here, and that is both of these persons, they ate something. They took in another element. Um, When a little child is at home, and she's there with her mother, and the mother says, Little Johnny... Don't get under the cupboard, son, because I don't want you to touch, take, or eat or drink anything under there. And one day she comes around the corner and little Johnny has gotten into the things underneath the cabinet. And little Johnny's taken a big swig of some Ajax or some other thing. At that moment, is the mother concerned that little Johnny disobeyed or that little Johnny has taken something in? Definitely. Taken something in. And so, the key here, uh, uh, it was wrong that these two disobeyed God and they went And they partook of that tree. But the real problem was not just their disobedience, which was wrong. But the real problem was they took in another element. They took in something. And in their partaking of that element, that began the great fall of man. We would have to go another two or three meetings and get into all the details there. But because they partook... Of that element, of the tree of the knowledge of good and of evil, something came in. Something was imparted. Something from another source. God presented the tree of life to them and wanted them to partake of the tree of life. But instead of taking of the tree of life, which signified God himself, they took another tree. They took another tree, and by partaking of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they received another source. And that source began man's fall. And then in the book of Genesis, we see uh, there is a fourfold fall. Say that quickly. Fourfold fall. Fourfold fall that unfolded quickly. And eventually, man fell, firstly from God's presence to living according to his conscience. And then he fell again from living according to his conscience to another's control. And finally, he fell to human government. But that wasn't even low enough. He finally fell even from that to Satan's 
rebellion. And in that fall, he ended up building a tower in oneness to try to reach to heaven to make a name for himself. And this fall became complete in his utter rebellion against God. So man partook of something and then he fell, 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 fell. Okay? But that's not the end of the story. Praise the Lord. Can y'all say that? Praise the Lord. Okay, now I want you to really say it with some, some, something deep down. Ready? One, two, three. Praise the Lord. Much better. Okay. Because that's not the end of the story. Although man fell, you know what? God came in and we see that Jehovah promised to save. And this is really wonderful. And let's look at this first here in Genesis 3.15. Ready? Go. After man fell to this very low level, eventually God came in with a promise. And here in this promise... He says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He will bruise you on the head, but you will bruise him on the heel. Okay, who are these people here? Let's talk about this for a minute. Uh, Between you, you is the serpent and the woman, and each of them have a seed. The woman has a seed. And the serpent has a seed. And the woman, her seed eventually we know is Christ. Praise the Lord for Christ, right? But the serpent here just has offspring after offspring after offspring uh, of something with the serpentine life. So eventually... Uh, This person, Christ, on the cross, his feet were nailed. And that's the part where the heel is bruised. But we also know, according to Hebrews 2.14 and 1 John 3.8, that on the cross, the devil got slain. The devil got dealt with. And so, on the cross of Christ... On the one hand, the Lord Jesus' heel was bruised, but the devil's head got crushed. So this is a prophecy and a promise here in Genesis concerning God coming in to save his people with Christ's marvelous work on the cross. And so this is how he would come in and save us. So Galatians 3.16, let's read this quickly here. Go. But let's say Abraham with the promises spoken and to the seed. He does not say and to the seed as concerning many, but concerning one and to your seed who is Christ. So the last phrase says, and to your seed who is Christ. Okay. Uh, here, of course, this is talking about Abraham's seed, but uh, we're, we're talking about the seed of the woman. But this seed is the same person, and that is Christ. 
So Christ came in to crush the devil, and Christ came in, came in to make the way of salvation for all of God's people. Now last semester, or the last two semesters, we spent a lot of time talking about knowing the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, and we will get more into this semester actually knowing the God of Jacob in a particular way with many details. And we have to also know Jacob with Joseph. So if it's possible as you go through this semester, it would be great if you could read the book of Genesis. I know it seems like a big book. It's not that big. If you just start working on it little by little, you'll get through it. But it's one of the greatest stories ever told. And it's not just a story. It's actually a real picture of our Christian experience. And I believe if you come to this ministry series Thursday night uh, again and again... Uh, veils will be rolled away and you will see heavenly things you've never seen before that affect your Christian experience today. And that's what's so wonderful is that we're not just looking at Genesis as an old storybook full of stories, but very relevant truth that affects our experience and enjoyment of Christ even today. So... What we see here, again, are four basic points in Genesis. Let's see if we can say them again. Ready? Go. God created, Satan corrupted, man fell, Jehovah promised to save. Okay, now tell it to your neighbor and then switch and do it again. Ready? Speak it to your neighbor. Go. here on this outline, I just have several verses uh, that talk about Christ and Him and His purpose with us. Because as the seed of the woman, Christ, not only crushed the enemy, but He came in to save us. Okay, so uh, I just wanted us to bust through these quickly. And how about we do it this way? We'll do brothers on Luke 19 and sisters on John 10, and we'll alternate like that back and forth. So brothers on Luke 19, ready, go. Okay, John 10, go. Brothers, Acts 8, go. And Philip said, If you can eat from all of your heart, you will be saved. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Sisters. Sisters. 
others. And all together on Hebrews 7, go. So praise the Lord, He wants to save us. And I would say, not just save us once for all, which is wonderful and which we need to have that experience. And I hope this semester... I hope a number of you had the experience of leading a friend or classmate or colleague to the Lord. I hope you can do that. Listen, it will be the greatest semester of your life. If you get a 4.0, you might be excited. If you lead someone to Christ, you'll be ecstatic. You'll be crazy. It's the greatest experience of your human life. So, to just have this basic four stones to put in your pocket, it's a big help to understand and unlock the book of Genesis. Because Jehovah promised to save. He promised to save and He wants to save each one of us, not just once for all, but we need to be saved day by day. We need saved from so many things and this is what... The triune God wants to do with us. The Trinity wants to save us to the uttermost. What a phrase. He is able to save to the uttermost. What kind of salvation is that? Is that a halfway salvation? A so-so salvation? Save to the uttermost. Those who come forward to God through Him. Okay, well, um, I just hope... We could take one more minute, and maybe we could have just somebody stand up. How about a freshman brother? And you tell us the four points. Does somebody be bold? Go for it. There you go. Okay. God created. Amen. Satan corrupted. Yes. And fell. Right. Jehovah promised to save. Amen. Good. Okay, do we have a freshman sister who would be willing to do that? Go for it. Yeah. Be loud. Yes. Right. Yeah. Good. That's good. Okay, how about another brother? Go for it. Here you go. All right. Yes. Satan corrupted. Right. Man fell. Right. But then Jehovah promised to save. Amen. Do we have an answer on this side? Somebody else like to do it one more time? Yes. Right. Right. Good. 
Hey, this, this is the story in the book of Genesis. And we will get into this book and we will see many details, mainly that shows us how we can practically be saved in a day-by-day way. And this is really marvelous because this is God's eternal purpose. He wants man to be saved for his expression and representation on this earth.